Dosri Nune Gor Holodeck Cash. Welcome to the Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your first officer, Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your communications officer, and I've seen some of it. I'm Z, chief security officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all of Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hey everyone, I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team begins in earnest our deep dive into season two of Star Trek, the original series, with Who Mourns for Adonai. 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 (laughs) Now I'm in my head. I can't get it right. Let's edit point. Who Mourns for Adonai. And episode three, The Changeling. So... (laughs) Here at Party Apocalypse, we do have a mythology-based podcast, so I'm thinking the hosts of that podcast, Z and Eris, have some thoughts about uh, the first episode we're talking about, which I'm not going to try to say the title because I keep getting it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the one that features Apollo, supposedly. That one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly. Totally real t- trademark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not fake Apollo. <laughs> I, okay, so in Greek, I'm just I'm just gonna fucking jump into it. Okay, in Greek mythology, Apollo is he's a chill dude. He's the kind of guy that you could sit down and smoke the pot with. You know, yeah. He's like, hey, bud, you want to hang? No, that's cool. That's on you. His sister's fucking Artemis. Of course, he he's gave all about us consent. medicine. <laughs> he's just like, here you go. Drink this. You'll feel better. <laughs> I would I would believe this episode more if it was like Aries. Or Zeus. Zeus. Or Zeus with the lightning. He's like, I'm your father. Be like, you ain't anybody's daddy. Right. (laughs) Race them first. (laughs) I mean, he's everybody's dad. But only in the biological sense, because he never sticks around. (laughs) Right, right. I'm talking about about Apollo. He seems like the kind of guy that you'd call daddy in bed. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, he's a sugar daddy. Right, exactly. (laughs) But I, I, was, I was so disappointed because I saw it and it was like it was like some Greek mythology stuff, like very clearly with the Pantheon or the uh, Parthenon uh, replica thing. I was mm-hmm. like, OK, cool. We're going to get some Greek mythology. This is going to be loads of fun. I dig his his romper thing. It was shimmery <laughs> and pretty. I was like, I need more. <laughs> I mean, and then he turns out to be a douchebag. And to, to be fair, to be fair, most Greek gods are low key douchebags. Mm-hmm. But like Apollo, Apollo and Hermes are like my homies, you know, like, wow. As soon as he was like not the pointed eared one, he reminds me too much of Pan, and I was like, "You fake! Yeah. <laughs> you can't like wait, no." Yeah, I was like, maybe it's Zeus. None yeah, of- he launches into that whole thing about how like Hera and the others just vanished into the wind or whatever because they got tired of everything. I was like, "No, I think they got tired of you, <laughs> right. and they just abandoned you on this planet because you were being a jerk." Right, <laughs> planet without you. <laughs> <sighs> no one give him the address. And to be honest, that sounds like something they would do to Zeus. So, like, the more the more I'm like, they got the name wrong. Like, this is so Zeus. It's Zeus. It's Zeus. I mean, it really was Zeus. I mean, he had the lightning and everything. And the ship's say- resident uh, anthropologist slash ancient civilization expert didn't pick up on this at all. <laughs> Oh, but right. I just, okay. There was so much. Okay. Ugh, there's like, where do I, where do I start? <laughs> there's so many things. 
So they introduce her, right? Like immediate. Here's the hot blonde, and everybody's hitting on her. Like, don't <laughs> lie. Even Bones was hitting on her a little bit. And yeah. then they're all like, oh, Scotty's in love with her. I'm like, that's fine. He deserves a girlfriend. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But like she walks on the board and like everyone's like jaws drops like cartoon style, you know? And then of course she pulls the whole space seed, bad seed, whatever the episode was. They're like, oh no, I'm immediately gonna fall in love with the antagonist. Ha <laughs> ha. And yep. I'm like, Ugh. And the Kirk's little comment be like, I'm I'm gonna lose an officer. And I'm like, well, maybe if you would stop drooling all over her and right. start treating her with respect. <laughs> I'm so tired of the women in this show being portrayed as disloyal and then having to come back and save the day. Yes. Like, it's either one or the other. Like either like she loves you guys or she hates you guys. Like it can't be both. She's not your mom and your girlfriend. That's nasty. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's Kirk- that's exactly it. Kirk orchestrates the situation at the end wherein he can completely blame her for if they fail this mission and don't, you know, survive this. It's all her fault, apparently. Take some ownership, dude. You're the captain. Right. Oh, my God. Also, oh, okay. Hold on. This is only a me thing. His outfit, Apollo, not Apollo's outfit, great. Her outfit, trash. (laughs) (laughs) What is with that midriff showing? Only dudes were allowed to show off that much skin. Okay, that's not true. Like, ladies could show off skin. But, like, in a different way, like, you always covered up your midriff, you know? (laughs) Like, that outfit was, like, the 1960s conceptualization of what Greeks might have looked like. Like, (laughs) totally a built-in bra into that because the Greeks were all about, like, the natural lines of the body. Yes. They weren't into bras. They weren't into panties. Like, fuck that shit, yeah. you know? It's in the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, her boobs were super pointy in this episode, which means she's <laughs> built in bras. I know, for sure. And, uh, yeah, and also, like, another thing about the midriff, too, is, like, the reason they layer their fabrics like that is, like, you kind of cinch them up underneath the boobs. A, because then you get a good boob support there. But B, yeah. lady types, especially lady types with uteruses, our waistlines change a lot, either through reproduction reasons or like, I don't know, bloating or you just ate too much. Like, it's a thing that happens. And so it's nice to know that you got fabric covering all that up so you still have the nice silhouettes without having to worry about, you know, if maybe you ate, I don't even know. I, I feel like I bloat off of everything nowadays. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. I need food at all. You know, it's like, we don't show off our midriffs. <laughs> we shouldn't. That's why the midriffs like craze that we had for exactly five years in the early 2000s immediately died. Because <laughs> we're like, mm, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. Plus, plus you're just asking to get stabbed. There's also that. Hey, this is where my intestines are. I'm probably not going to survive this. Like, come stab me. Uh, anyway, whew, there's my historical dress rant. I did like his outfit, though. That was on point. It was super cute. That I was, was really proud of that. And that's something that, that's, that's, I'm like, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> Accurate. The, the actress who plays uh, that character ended up guest starring on an episode of Mannix about a year later. And they still had that dress in the costume department at uh, Desilu. <laughs> and so she wears it in that episode as well. Oh, my God. Jeez. Her whole career orbits around that dress. Uh, I mean, it's a nice looking dress. It's just not historically accurate. Yeah. Yeah, also, because, like, that dress accentuates new age, like, 1960s and plus silhouettes that are, like, fashionable. Like, this is mm-hmm. what beauty looks like only from a modern age like ancient greeks were like is she brawny yeah get it 
Right. Can she bear like, my children? Hell yeah. Yeah. Can she like do like is her hands big and strong that she can make really cool looking textiles? Awesome. Like and we like are, oh our women need to be dainty and like uh, slim figured and stuff. Like the Greeks like there was some of that, but there was also like does she have muscles? Can she bench press me? Like yes. <laughs> you know, like that's why a lot of the female dresses also have their arms exposed so you can show off them biceps. Maybe to be swole. Right. <laughs> like that's what they were into. <laughs> sometimes sometimes Men like to be the defended, not the defenders. You know, they want to know that their lady can bitch slap somebody if they come up on them, you know? Everybody wants to be the little spoon. It's okay. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, anyway, (laughs) this episode went places and most of them were wrong. (laughs) Also, just to take another wrong turn, I want to point out... I want to point out that in the beginning they were like oh no don't be hand selected by this god to become a goddess why would you do listen if my husband was hand selected by a god to become a goddess I would be cheering him on I'd be like you go girl rock it (laughs) with the dress with the magic powers with the yes also like it's it's the Greek pantheon of all the pantheons you can choose to have this happen to. This is actually the best one because right. they be betraying themselves all the time. So you're like, right. I'm going to take these powers. And then exactly six weeks later, I'm going to stab him in the back. Yes. <laughs> Perfectly cogent. Yeah. <laughs> Before I go into another gigantic deep dive, that little hand thing, I, I've been playing a lot of D&D and I'm just like, oh, look, it's Bigby's hand. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Just a me joke. <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, Kirk was all over the place, and I'm I'm not into it. I feel like Kirk was sometimes Kirk, and then sometimes Roddenberry. I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah. honest with a lot of these episodes. Like I know I'm supposed to be rooting for Kirk, or I'm supposed to be rooting for Spock, but like mostly I'm rooting for Ahura and all of the guest females. Like, yes. That's it. You know, if Ahura went down there. She'd be like, okay, listen up. <laughs> no. But yeah, there was that moment where he was like, maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's like, he didn't necessarily say, like, maybe this guy is actually a god, but he's like, what if he is? You know, and they're like, oh, what are you saying, Captain? And then he was like, no, he's just like this alien, and we're going to be mean and angry to him. And then he does this like weird, like, pivot at the very end with the whole, like, maybe we could have spared a few law leaves. And it's like, writers, <laughs> edit your shit. Yeah. It was such a, like, the whole idea of just making him angrier and angrier until he, like, burned himself out. Like, it was just such a dude solution to this problem. And I'm like, if you had trusted your lieutenant there a little bit, you could have maybe gotten her opinion, pulled her aside at some point, and been like, hey, you're getting pretty close to him. What do you think we should do? But no, it's like, if this fails, it's now your fault. Yeah. <laughs> and they even have like the space psychiatrist up there with them. Like bones have been like, hold up. All he was doing was Maybe egging he- them on. Yeah, I know. Well, yes, because like, he's not a good doctor. He's not a doctor. He's not a good psychiatrist. Supposedly he has a degree of some kind, but I have yet to see him use any of it. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. Approve it receipts. <laughs> And the only reason he's there is because he was on the bridge at the beginning of the episode. And, like, I'm watching him on the bridge, and I'm like, 
don't you have a sick bay to run? Like, shouldn't you be somewhere else right now? There's right. no medical doesn't need a station on the bridge. You need to be where the patients are. Right. Yeah. Doesn't somebody have an owie that you need to right. do? Somebody, yeah, I'm sure, got bruised when the green <laughs> hand started shaking the ship around. <laughs> take your head of medicine with you. You take an EMT. Right. <laughs> right. You know, right. you take yeah, um uh. But that's that's the baby head of medicine is a ceremonial title. <laughs> maybe maybe that's maybe that's for the um oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. The nurse Yeah, Nurse Chapel. Yeah, nurse she's down Chapel. there running the whole show. Yeah. She's the real head of medicine. Nope. But you know, nepotism or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so bones that's why they always have bones with them to go down on planet because he's just the EMT. I feel like Bones is that one friend that you let tag along with you. Okay, this is gonna sound super bad. Okay, it's that one friend that you let tag along with you because you're like, maybe they'll get laid by somebody that I don't want to lay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sound, that they'll take one from the team. <laughs> uh, his daddy must have known somebody else's daddy, is all I can say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh my or maybe God. he's just actually like Kirk's personal physician. Like he doesn't do much else but follow Kirk around. <laughs> As a, like an actual response, yes. <laughs> yes. It's just like, and the ship's doctor. <laughs> ship's doctor. <laughs> he's your doctor. <laughs> His crazy matches your crazy. That's the only reason he's on the ship. Mm-hmm. Max over here being very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said at the top, I was like, take it away, Z and Eris. <laughs> and I knew they would. And we did. And they did. Yeah. Here's my one contribution to this episode. A question. <laughs> Is she pregnant? Oh, dang. I mean, if he, if he not Apollo, actually Zeus, probably. Yeah. Right. Zeus got that super seed. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah, there was a weirdly kind of vaguely rapey scene there where he's like towering over her and all the thunder and lightning's crashing all about and she like falls to the ground and she's like no like you can't see the hand motions but i totally just did them right um yeah because like that's that fade out is usually code for sexual assault so um maybe the probably. uh i think 40 yeah, there's a deleted scene where they're talking about it, and McCoy's like, yeah, she's definitely pregnant. Oh, my what? God. <laughs> and secondary canon makes no two ways about it that she was, because in later incarnations, they hypothesize that some characters are descended from Apollo via that union, and that there are some Starfleet members in the 24th century who have, you know, are like a, a half-god and uh, have some powers that they haven't reckoned with. Oh, good, because we need more misbehaving godmen in this uh, yep. universe. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Listen, as soon, yep. as soon as I saw that hand come out, I was like, oh, another godman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the godman green color. Mm-hmm. That's the color they use for godmen. I actually looked at some of the stills from the old version and then this, the remastered version that you see on Netflix. I think the hand looks more convincing in the old version. Like, the hand just didn't work for me as a special effect here. Mm. It was very green screen. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, that's where they uh, pulled the, the turtleneck over or whatever, you know. That's <laughs> true in the original, but it also kind of still looks like a hand there. It doesn't look like a hand here. It looks like a CGI approximation of a hand. Mm. Uh, I, I watched it on Hulu, and I I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's fine for what it was, but I, I, I just was right. curious to see if the old version worked better. And I think Hulu still has the uh, the remastered versions as well. Is it? Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah, there were times it was a little iffy, but like I didn't think much of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it, it's serviceable. So. Yeah. It was uh, a little little clunky to me, like just in the the motion of it. It wasn't super smooth. Mm. Um. But, I just assumed it was because it was the 60s. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. Is Spock using a slide rule? <laughs> I was mean? so wrapped up in the Greek pantheon, I totally missed that. Uh, yeah. I, no and idea. It, and I want to say it's the second time I've caught Spock using a slide rule on the massively complex starship with computers we haven't even dreamed of yet. But yeah. whatever. He's Vulcan. We, they do it old school. <laughs> yeah. You'd think he'd be able to do it in his head then if it, if it was that old school. Maybe he does, but he just carries around the slide rule so the humans don't feel inferior. Maybe he's still fighting off the effects of Pon Far. Mm. And, uh, Security blanket. Yes, yeah, yes. Better. Just doubling, double check his uh, calculations. Yeah. It's like, I knew I was right. I knew I was right. <laughs> my, my last note on this episode where Z and Eris are either going to love this one or not dig it at all. I was right. The only way I could, I think, not like it any more than I already do now for when you present to me an episode misbehaving god man is if they had decided to go viking or norse <laughs> mythology <laughs> right I'd be like oh just really dig into my pet peeves there there okay <laughs> we are approaching our commercial break time unless anybody else had anything on who mourns for Adonai no this was Thank like you did <laughs> this was like our millionth other version of earth like when, yeah. we, when we started this i was thinking like okay like there's earth clearly they talk about it and all these other planets are going to be different but i feel like we have seen like 60 million thousand versions of earth yeah like how many earth copy that we never talk about <laughs> yeah is every planet an m-class planet i want to see more of like oh no that's a giant gas ball like we've got to we've got to steer clear of that one because like we can't even land there. I don't, I don't think, think so in the in the original series. Yeah, like the later shows will sometimes next get into gen more, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, a more varied, stellar, and planetary phenomenon type thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is just sort of like budget. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. like, well, we can't come up with a Venus, so we'll just deal with the uh, Earth version 2.0. Okay, right. Yeah. And then- Always would have to shoot on backlots or existing locations, and so it would have to end up looking not only vaguely Earth-like, but vaguely Mm -hmm. Earth-like in the late 1960s. Yeah. (laughs) And there's probably a writer in Shatner's contract that you can't cover his face with anything, so he can't wear a helmet or a spacesuit or something. does in season three. Does he? But that's after he's uh, girdled up a bit. And ah. so eventually the shirt tearing stops because... <laughs> the physique underneath is less appealing. <laughs> I, at, at some point since we started these rewatches, I saw a still from some season three episode, and I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it actually it's 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 funny that you bring that up, Z, because like it makes me appreciate 
a previous Misbehaving Godman show, the one with the child who was like super into Napoleon, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because like he lived on a planet that was inhospitable for life. It like wasn't an M-class planet. It was like filled with radiation or whatever, except for he made this one little spot because he was like obsessed with, you know, whatever, Earth history at this one very particular point in time. And I was like, ah, okay. There we go. Here's a non-Earth planet, but because you've got some wacka job who's like obsessed with Earth, have made this little tiny backlot stage area <laughs> that can support <laughs> human life. I'm like, all right, that's a good way to do it. And this one is just like, oh no, they just found another Earth. Okay. Yeah, I wrote one note in here. I was like, the original series, you come for the diversity and representation, and you stay for the casual misogyny. It's a perfect reverse that. <laughs> they come for the one thing and then the other. Ew. On that note, let's go to our commercial. Break. Commercial. <laughs> commercial. Commercial. I am Apollo, but sometimes I don't have the clothes I need for every occasion. What did you say? I am Apollo, <laughs> and I am looking to diversify my wardrobe. Come on down to Zeus's rompers. Zeus's rompers, you say? For all of your misbehaving godman needs. Do you also have dresses for the humans I pluck for my pleasure? What is happening? Somewhere on a back row, I'm sure we do. Good! Do they accept giant green hands as payment? Of course! Good! <laughs> then I won't join my brothers and sisters in the sort of obtuse thing that I said that they went to that I can't remember. Located <laughs> on Earth Copy 704. Remember to tell them that Zeus sent you. By the time you, dear listener, will listen to that, we'll have a new president. Yeah! <laughs> what is your world like, listener? <laughs> Please tell us. Is it, is it joy-filled? Do gumdrops come from the sky as if it were rain? Do people fart rainbows? For reals, though, we know we have a lot of work to do. You know you still have work to do, right, listener? I, I have a feeling that, like, one thing will be fixed by the time you're listening to this, but then there'll be all the other things that need to be fixed. Yeah. Right. That's how I cleaned my house. I'm assuming that the phrase, wear your mask, will not be quaint or silly in uh, three weeks. But just in case, please still wear your mask. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is uh, going away anytime soon. And <laughs> even if you got your, your first or second dose of your vaccine already, I think you're still supposed to wear your mask for a little while. Because you could mm -hmm. be sloughing off virus <laughs> like it's going out of style. Hopefully it's going out of style. The vaccine's like a, it's like a glove. Like, just because it protects you doesn't mean that you don't have the virus still kind of on the outside of you that you can infect other people with. Yeah, like, just assume that you're gross and you have it all the time and you want to protect other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you ever want to see your grandmother alive again, like, wear your mask. Yep. So you haven't already lost your grandmother, and then which I am very sorry for your loss. Black Lives Matter. Wear your seatbelt. Hydrate or dehydrate. <laughs> oh, water is life yes matter i no longer remember if we just said that or not <laughs> we haven't said this episode oh okay all right yes consent yeah. matters for realsies guys but a yes don't be like apollo yeah. don't be like apollo ask first right for real also in general like um more conversation less just immediately into the yelling and throwing lightning bolts just like for everybody please i mean we all we understand if you're gonna have an off day it happens every once in a while 
but you shouldn't be throwing lightning bolts at people every single day in every conversation you have. Yeah. Also work on your self-awareness to be like, I think I might be having an off day and then communicate with that with people and be like, look guys, I'm just, I'm not feeling great today. If you can just try to keep it real chill and calm in here. Like I'm just, I'm not doing great right now. You know, like every once in a while, every once in a while, break that lightning bolt out. Let them know who you're, who they're dealing with. No. Have lightning bolts don't ever use them? Well, not like against people who are weaker than you. Like, to use it against people with uh, other people with lightning bolts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Be a shield, not a sword. You know? Yeah, don't don't step on the ants just because they're there. But you know, if somebody's if you if if another god is getting up in your godhood, <laughs> show them what you're dealing with. Right, that, that's a different scenario. I mean, that's like yeah. Scenario I was trying to paint. Yes. There we go. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were still zapping ants, and I'm like, oh, Mac. <laughs> no, no, no. As as I like to say, stay get fucked, stay fucked. you know if you really twist that hard that could be like relationship advice you know try try to work out the relationship don't just immediately bail that's true (laughs) but of course you know if it really isn't working out and you've given it your hardest it's okay to pull that ripcord you know (laughs) yeah it's okay to have boundaries this is what places (laughs) look out for them jumping jacks it's funny that we made several references to that and not explained it at all (laughs) but i think it's a good lesson without the context (laughs) we don't need the context (laughs) avoid jumping jacks (laughs) just just avoid them just scout for them (laughs) out to get you out to get me that's for damn sure Well, if you like mythology and stuff, there might be a podcast out there that might interest you. As the Misterns with your cultural interns. Eris! And Z. By the time you listen to this, their new episodes may already be airing on the podcast platform of your choosing. Type in As the Myth Turns in that little search bar that they probably have wherever you're listening to this on. And uh, give them a listen. We should be there. There's basically more of this episode. <laughs> right. This is sort of a crossover episode. Yeah. That can be found at partyapocalypse.com along with blogs, uh, books, uh, movie reviews, and that's about it at the moment. Uh, the fourth wall is there in its entirety, and more things will be coming as the new year progresses. Eris, you have a YouTube channel. I do. Mostly it is filled with gaming things. I am slowly getting over into the art side with some animations and whatnot. My username is Eris O'Reilly. That is all one word, no punctuation. For the gaming, which is most of it, it's uh, I've got two series going on right now. One, I am playing this Lovecraftian horror game called Darkest Dungeon. It's creepy. It's very stressful. I wouldn't say it's necessarily scary, but it's very gross. And then I'm also playing this other uh, game, that, which is Skyrim, which has you know, been around for 8 million years. But I modded the hell out of it, and I turned it into Legend of Zelda. So if either of those things sound interesting to you, you can check me out. Again, that's at Eris O'Reilly. E-R-I-S-O-R-E-I-L-L-Y. And Z, our resident internet famous person, you have <laughs> what the children call a tyke talk? 
well, you're close. So good job, Mac. Um, it's actually pronounced tick-tock. Oh, interesting. Um, yes, yes. Like a clock. Interesting. Because yes. uh, you waste so much of your time on the app. Um, <laughs> Is that really why they call it that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Seems true. <laughs> well, yeah. I have a, a TikTok. I went low-key uh, viral on it for getting stuck in a chair uh, while I was drunk. Um, so you can find me at Oscilodoti, A-S-E-L-I-D-O-D-I. Um, I usually follow back. So... Yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy some of my videos. Love of my life, do you have anything to plug? Um, no. I am trying to read more this year. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing a Goodreads reading challenge? I am. I'm just really bad at, like, tracking. So, like, we'll see if I remember to click things over to the red category. <laughs> I'll, I'll remind you. Oh, oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun for all of us. Yeah, it will. It will. Yeah. 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 With all of the uh, commercial business out of the way, I'd say let's head back to our... I'm stalling so I can get the clock ready for Act 2. Back to our... Episode. The Changeling is the our next Changeling. episode. Season two, episode three. Not a fan. This fan. bears a striking resemblance to Star Trek the Motion Picture. Yes. Which is not <laughs> not the best movie. But it's also got some of that like pre-Borg kind of plot line that you see in later series. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a, a question. So like I haven't seen the movie. So that's <laughs> not where I'm picking up this familiarity from. Has there already been an episode or two, possibly three? In this series of where Kirk argues with the robot until it explodes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. That yeah. is his that is his go-to thing, aside from weird twirls on the ground when he's fighting or dodging. Okay, because like this was eerily familiar and I was just sort of like, I know exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> it, like if I may jump ahead to the end, it's basically an insult battle between a robot and Kirk. Like, you're an error. No, you're an error. No, you're an error. And then explosions. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was argues. a roast battle. It was. <laughs> it, it is interesting to See, notice. don't make this episode good for me now. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting to note that it took them about 15 minutes in this episode to kind of figure out everything out about Nomad and then just kind of work out the situation. Whereas in the movie, it takes literally two and a half hours for them <laughs> to figure out what this other machine needs. And it's, I shit you not, the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm going to be like, honest. haven't you lived through this? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I forgot that I was watching Star Trek until like eight, 10 minutes episode or er, 10 minutes in to this episode. And then I was like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be watching this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went in and out a little bit on it, um, just because, like, I don't know. It, it, I, it, it's been done this season. Yeah. It's been done. Yeah. Or not yeah. even this season, but like last so season. So many things in this episode have been done previously on the show. Yeah, like, yeah. Song Hura sings, is that not the same song she sings in Charlie X? 
Yes, yeah. it's the exact same song. Okay, that, I was pretty sure that was the case. Yeah, because, like I remember that because I liked that song. Like, and I also really, I, I really like her. Like, I like, like if anybody has her number, I would call her. <laughs> <laughs> I but, love um, the beginning when she, like, she tells Kirk, "I'm scanning all frequencies," which is basically code for "I know how to do my damn job, Captain. Back up." <laughs> right. She's a back the fuck up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I. As per our last email, be like, oh, somebody got up. Which is why this episode is infuriating because, like, the whole we need to re-educate Uhura, yeah, like makes me cringe. They suddenly made her illiterate, and I'm like, you couldn't have made Bones illiterate for this plot line, like, really, yeah. right. anybody else, literally anybody yeah. else. <laughs> And and using the word yeah. re-educate. You couldn't think of a better term for that. Like yeah. <laughs> oh. now it's interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, there were Nichelle Nichols had some dispute with the director on this. This comes from Memory Alpha, the st- official Star Trek wiki, which is uh, very useful for the production of this show. Uh, in conventions, <laughs> Nichelle Nichols frequently tells the story of getting into a dispute with director Mark Daniels over the filming of this episode. As it had already been established that Uhura's first language was Swahili, Nichols believed that after her mind was erased, Uhura would revert to her first language. However, as Nichols herself did not speak Swahili, Daniels wanted Uhura to just speak English. Nichols refused to, telling Daniels, Nichelle Nichols doesn't speak Swahili, but Uhura does. Gene Roddenberry was eventually brought in to settle the dispute, and he sided with Nichols. A linguist specializing in Swahili was then brought in to write the few lines of Swahili that are spoken in the episode. That's cool. Okay, that is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, and after um, after Mac told me this story, I was like, you know, I kind of like that because yeah, you, when you do see people who have memory disorders or something like that, they will often kind of revert to some of their first learning. So I do like the idea that she does go back to her roots uh, in Swahili for that. But that's about as much grace as I'm willing to give. Yeah, I There's so many other ways they could have handled that. Yeah. I have a lot of opinions about this episode just because, like, Scotty dies and they revive him a few minutes later. And, like, I work in a in a field where people who lose oxygen and they are revived have brain injuries. And that's that's who I work with is, is after they've had, like, a significant brain injury. And so I'm thinking, like, okay, at this point, Scotty's got a massive brain injury. He's probably going to be aphasic, probably, you know gonna be in a coma for a while and he just wakes straight the fuck up i was like all right and he talks normal i was like okay that's <laughs> yep. some bullshit and then um they mess with um her as memory and like i did like that she reverted back to swahili i was like i was like okay i can like i can see some parallels there with like some patients at uh, at my my hospital and 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 those kind of behaviors but like um like weirdly enough, like a lot of our patients, like they can still read and process better than they can hear and process. Yeah. So yeah. like, I get that this wasn't geared toward me. This episode wasn't like, hey, what is Z gonna think about this medical <laughs> bullshittery? Because clearly they don't give a fuck about medical bullshittery. But I couldn't stay in the episode because I was like, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. That's not accurate. That's yeah. not accurate. Neither is that. That's not like it was just the whole episode. I was like, that wouldn't happen like that. It wouldn't happen like that. I do like that they uh, used actual Swahili instead of just having her speak gibberish or something. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was a great 
yeah, I, I like the fact that, like, especially now that you told me that she, they brought in a linguist who was like, this yeah. is how you say this. That's yeah. awesome. Because they could have gone real gross with it. Yeah. <laughs> this could have gone way further sideways than it did. Yeah. yeah. I do have a line from this episode that I wrote down, and I will just present it with no context. Kirk says, I guess they can take it faster than we can give it. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Sums up some of uh, Star Trek, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I I will say that uh, I think I'm, I'm I'm just gonna shit on this episode the whole the whole time. But I think another reason that I didn't like it was they were like, "Oh, is this a plot hole? Let's use it to fight the big bad guy." Or how did something perfect get invented by something imperfect? Like that's clearly a plot hole. Just kidding. It's our main defense. The thumper part of me or whatever you know the whole like i've gotta i'm gonna find something good about this episode i will say i really liked when kirk was just like shit talking spock at the very very end where he was just like i was its mother i just lost a son you know like he was yeah. just i was just like okay <laughs> like no it didn't make it worth it but that was cute <laughs> yeah and i like the 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 impulse to give Uhura more to do than just man the communication station. She has a role and stakes in the story. It's just that it's sort of gross and not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I'm kind of like, she, he's like, what the he, the, the robot's like, explain music. And I was like, girl, you can do this. Explain yeah. music. <laughs> Like, say literally anything, and the robot will be like, okay. A lot of music is mathematically based. Right. (laughs) You know? The robot's like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Uhura's the communications officer. Couldn't she have played a role in helping Kirk figure out how to communicate with this thing or to something? Like, she could have played a much different role than what they ended up giving her. And, yeah. and instead, they they treated her, the chief communication officer, much like a lot of people in the economy and any pretty much any job you work at treats anybody with any sort of communication skills as like, oh, I don't know, everybody can talk. It should be fine. And be like, excuse me? I have an entire degree basically proving that not everybody can talk real good. Right. <laughs> I had to learn how to manipulate people with my words. I I think it's something that other incarnations, later incarnations of Star Trek do better is demonstrating that your communications officer actually has an expertise in this. I don't think they give enough of that to her. I'm kind of, I'm approaching it as in, of course she has expertise on that. Like she, she earned that position and she's good at what she does. We've seen her. She could run that whole bridge if there was nobody else present and she can also be engineering. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Later shows and movies actually do a better job of demonstrating that that communications officer does have some very specific skills that other people don't have. Part of it's like, it's hitting a raw point for me in that like, this happens a lot in sci-fi, but also it happens a lot in our real life too, where if you have some type of STEM knowledge where I'm good at science or I'm good at technology or whatever, you don't, if you have something that's considered softer science as they even call it like communication or history or anthropology or something Mm -hmm. like that then they're like they shit on them because they're like oh you study how humans behave that's terrible and i'm like who are you 
And who do you live with? Who do you get your food from? I don't know. Maybe humans are important and we should learn how to like how we behave and how we get along with each other. You think, oh no, but nope. Circuitry is way more important than that, I guess. It was the last one where she's like up in the guts of the, yes. the communication she's here. Repaired. Yeah, Her she was. Freaking communication panel herself. It's yes. Not only is she a communications expert, like in the soft science way you're saying, like communication technology. Like, yeah. if you don't have her, you won't be making calls today. And that's something that I, I didn't mention about the last episode. I do like those moments where uh, Spock got to basically be the captain on the ship because the captain's on the planet with Apollo. Spock checks in with Uhura and she's like, I'm working on it. I got to do this and this and this. And Spock's like, all right, you got this. Spock was doing a great job of just like trusting her and trusting the other people to to get stuff done. Honestly, Spock would make a really good captain. He's got one thing that he's not good at, but I think he can overcome that pretty easily. And after that, he's he would be a fan. He has a tendency to wait until he has all the information before he acts. Uh, and that can be bad for when you're captaining a ship in a sure. incredibly like tense situation where you're like, we need a decision now and like we need it now. <laughs> I think that second part is his blind spot where he is acutely aware of the first one, his lack of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Outside of the Galileo 7, he is always factoring that into his... Yes. Actions, but then I think that's also testament to the quality of the pairing of him and Kirk, where Kirk mm -hmm. is all make decisions with incomplete information. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that they actually do complement each other fairly well. But after that, like that's it. That's his one hangup. After yeah. that, it's you know, <laughs> he would be the best captain. <laughs> he checks in with people. He sees how they're doing. No. He actually does check in to see how well they're feeling. He may not understand it, but he knows that it's important. <laughs> like, but he can sort of he can sort of just objectively term it as important because he can't let his own emotions get in the way and say, no, no, your emotions are less important than my emotions, and that's where Kirk starts to falter. Yeah. I'm going to yell at her because I can't get my brother on the phone. But <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your brother is just you from an alternate universe where everybody has mustaches. <laughs> that was that was last week's episode. Sorry. <laughs> Callbacks. There we yep. go. I have one line for that episode, and I've already said it. It's Kirk argues with the robot until it explodes. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's the episode. Yep. Uh, okay. I'll I'll it. It, it happens pretty frequently to the point where when they come around and say, oh, yes, we will make a major motion picture with these characters with a big budget and special effects of, uh, at the cutting edge of the time. What's the story? I don't know. Kirk argues with a computer until it explodes. I had my hopes up a little bit right when it started and they, nobody was talking yet. And the just episode title comes up and it's called The Changeling. And I was like, ooh, well, we just had a really terrible Greek pantheon episode. Maybe we'll get into some Celtic lore here now, too. Mm. And then they did it. Nope, yep. it's all robots genocide. <laughs> we are inching upon our time for today. Does anybody else have anything about the changeling? Which, yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Just really want them to do better by Uhura. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
some a, a, a plot involvement for Uhura, yes. Yes, but I, I want to see her more. <laughs> but also agency within that plot. She could yeah. be the driving force of, of a plot. Now, granted, on a show where William Shatner exists as a three-dimensional being, nobody else is going to be the driving force of a plot. <laughs> but they could have. Yeah. Z, you got anything else? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> next time, your away team will move on to another singularly iconic episode in the original series history, Mirror Mirror. Oh. Uh, which, when you talk about the goatees indicating evil, this is where that comes from. Are you serious? Oh my god. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming very quickly. Uh, and then also the apple, which for the life of me, I can't remember anything about. <laughs> no, wait. I'm just, I'm, I haven't seen it. I'm and just gonna I, guess. I could, I could look it up, but and then the apple, I'm thinking it's, you know, there's going to be some religious allegory there that uh, Roddenberry is going to take the piss out of. There is no but, God, only me. Yep, <laughs> only Roddenberry. With that, I think we will sign off and we will see you next time here on The Holodeck is Broken. Bye. 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 